What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, hammering it home. This spring, there's a lot of awesome stuff coming up headed into the summer as well. Last chance broadhead shoot with West Coast Archery, May 15th through the 17th. And also coming up June 13th in Reno is the Dead Eye Golf Tournament. For more information and more details, check them both out on Instagram. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding their accounts. Also get ready, Yeti Total Archery Challenge. It's gonna be a blast. Hope to see everyone there. Thanks. Exciting day. Right. Are you excited? I'm always excited. I'm pretty excited right now. What are you thinking? Ah, I'm thinking about how you plug this in, so I need a light or a plug to plug the grinder in. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. (laughs) That's how that goes. No, no worries. Gloves? If you want. Yeah, I'll use gloves. Coronavirus day nine. Day nine? Day ten? I don't know. (laughs) Day fucking something. They shut the world down. Yeah. Seriously. We have some delicious pork chunks. I'm going to throw these bad boys in the grinder. How long have you been grinding meat for? Uh, Let's see. I'm 37, so I started when I was about like 19, I think. Uh Uh-huh. I guess we need to open this, huh? Yeah. So I started grinding when I was like 19. Well, actually probably 20. Uh Because I first started out making jerky. And that's all I did. And then I realized I'd there's, make jerky and it'd be gone in two weeks. There's so much more than jerky. Right. <laughs> and it was gone in two weeks. <laughs> right. And Isn't that the worst part about jerky? Yeah. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. And you just eat one, but you can't. It's like Pringles. Once you, once once you pop, you, pop, you, can't, you can't, stop. can't stop. Yeah. It's terrible. So what are we doing first? Yeah. So first, what we're actually doing is making some... Boxler maple syrup breakfast sausage mm-hmm. from pick. Yeah. So, what kind of it, how it all started was got a pig, yeah. not me personally, but we received a pig. Yeah. And then broke it down and then cut it into little chunks so it will go through the grinder easier. And then we kind of waited out, figured out how much seasoning we needed. Put the seasoning together, so now we're going to basically grind all the meat. So then, right here is your dry seasonings. That's my dry seasonings, right? correct. And then this is? That is kind of wet seasoning. So there's onion, maple syrup, and maybe a secret or other liquid called milk. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a good liquid. Yeah. Right? So sometimes I use powdered milk. Uh, this one I just use regular milk. Yeah. Why, what's the difference? Is there any? Uh, I'm sure there is a difference. Just I've found that regular milk seems to work a little better here. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure why, but for me it works better on that end. And then the dry seasonings, we had some mustard seed, pepper, 
You so, browned it in a pan, too. Yeah, yeah, you know, got to open those seasons, <laughs> open those yeah. peppercorns and mustard yeah. up before I grinded it, and then uh, some other seasoning. Right on. on. You know, got to keep your secret recipe secret. Right? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, yeah, so what we're going to do is grind everything, mix everything, and then we'll basically just let it, we'll try it out to make sure that's the flavor that we want, mm-hmm. to see if we need to add anything or add, like, more of one spice or add maybe some more pork uh, on that end yeah basically figure out what we want to do and then we'll put it back in the in the tubs and basically let it sit for 24 hours to let the seasonings melt and then basically package them up into you know one or two pound packages of what we want to do fucking a yeah sounds good so do we just start you want me to just start loading meat into the hopper or yeah, so what we'll do is we'll just load as much as you want. So I got a fairly decent grinder. It does like 25 pounds a minute-ish. Uh-huh. So it shouldn't take too long. 25 nope. pounds a minute? Yeah, somewhere <laughs> around there it says. So uh, more or less, if you just want to fill it yeah. as much as possible, and then I'll get her going. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right on. So how long, like when did you buy your first grinder? Uh first grinder is this your first grinder or no you, no okay so my first grinder was a hand crank yeah i got and a you couple of those pick up, you fasten it to your countertop yes and just sit there and grind it one piece at a time i have a couple of those in the cabinet over there that Such i actually inherited from my like grandpa so who knows how old that thing is yeah i think he got That's it from right. like his like mom or dad <laughs> and That's the first I time mine. i used that thing yeah. like i think it was maybe for like turkey or something i was grinding turkey uh-huh. and it was the biggest like pain because it just didn't want to like go through it, like things would get stuck like if you didn't get all the sinew off and that so i was just like yeah i need to get a grinder uh-huh. so then my one buddy brian we actually started making sausage together and yeah. his dad had like one of those like little like i don't even know if it was like a quarter horse and we'd literally like grind and it would take us hours Uh to grind just to grind meat because it went so slow yeah and then i don't know maybe like five or six years ago i really upgraded to like this which is like one and three quarter horse Mm -hmm. grinder from cabela's and it I always wanted to get one of these. Yeah, it throws it out pretty good. Yeah, always wanted to get one of these, man. Yeah, so got that, and it seems to work. And what really, like, I guess got me into the sausage-making side of things is when you harvest the animal and then you, you know, you take it somewhere. Like me, when I first shot my first deer, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, oh, you take it to the butcher. Well, I took it to, like, the butcher, and I was like, hey, I want 80% jerky, because as from the beginning, yeah. I love jerky. Yeah. And I'm like, I want 80% jerky and 20% sausage. Okay, yeah, great. And I show back up belt. in, like, a month, and I come back, and it's 20% jerky and 80% sausage, oh. and I'm like, WTF? Like, yeah. They're like, well, we only use the finest meats for the jerky, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you should have told me that up front, and I would have been fine, you know? But they didn't, so I was a little irritated. And I was talking to my grandpa, and he's like, you know, your great uncle uncle used to be a butcher. I'm sure he'd help you. And so the next few deer I sh- shot, my great, you know, uncle helped me basically 
butcher the animal and break it down. Yeah. So I learned from there. So I started making jerky. I had some good batches. I had some bad batches. Right. But you learn that when you're All, making that's your own. How you, that's how you master your craft. Right. And so. Trial and error. It's just like yeah. hunting. So then after, you know, a couple times of eating the jerky in two weeks, and I had nothing for the rest of the year, <laughs> I'm like, I should make sausage. So started making uh, sausages. And then one of our relatives, we have a secret, like, Salamente dried Italian sausage mm-hmm. recipe, and I got that from him. So he started getting me into like the curing side of things. So I got into that, and then just kind of expanded from there, from just making different sausages, experimenting. Really. And then I started drying out some different stuff, and then I started shooting more pigs. And I like, what else can I do with pork? Yeah. And so I started drying, curing basically pork from pancetta to basically bacon to prosciutto to pork loins and you know all different dogs are happy all, all different stuff on that end. and now I just kind of make it for friends and do it on my own and yeah. have a good time let's right. kick this bad boy off see how well it goes I'll just keep adding meat yeah oh my god <laughs> That really comes out quick, too. Yeah, it's a little tough when you're doing it by yourself because you can't keep up. <laughs> uh-huh. You usually just do it one hopper at a time by yourself? Yeah. Or I'll strategically keep my foot pedal, and I'll move it over there, and then I'll kind of add. Slow as you go. Right. And then you were talking about doing something special with the loins, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So the pork loins, as I was saying, I kind of got into a curing. Yeah. So I've been basically with all my loins, if I don't eat them myself, uh-huh. uh, I'll basically cure them out. And, and it takes about a month or so yeah. on, on that end. And, you know, you can mess with different seasonings, you know. Good seasoning for it is like Italian seasoning, or you could add some more spice to it. Uh, on that end, you basically cure it out. It's relatively cut like a prosciutto. Yeah. On that end, sliced thin. You know, room temp's good good to eat it at. And really good with like a, a fig and like maybe a little goat cheese and a slice of that. Really? Or just eat it straight. Goat cheese? Yeah. Whatever made you want to try goat cheese? Uh, what made me want to try goat cheese? Yeah. So, my real job is commercial and agriculture insurance, and we have a fair amount of clients that you know are in the ag industry and some of them uh, make goat cheese and so I was getting some goat cheese and I was like that's what turned me on to goat cheese I guess you could yeah. say on that end and then so yeah that's how I got into goat cheese so basically right now what I'm doing is since we ground all the meat already yeah which was like 34 pounds ish you just kind of throw some grind back into it so it gets the tail ends to actually go through and grind it all the way out. Yeah. So you don't really miss anything and you don't have a chunk of meat stuck, stuck in, there. in there. Yeah. It sounds like that'd be tasty. Yeah. I mean, it could be. <laughs> so how long have you been hunting for? Uh, I started hunting in my early teenage years but I wasn't actually hunting I'd just go with like my grandpa 
yeah. to like his duck club and stuff like that and i'd sit in the blind so wasn't really hunting but i was hunting yeah you know on that end and then tagging along learning right exactly yeah and then my good buddy brian who i was talking about how kind of got into the sausage making with him mm-hmm. his family has a whole bunch of uh property up in the valley for ducks mm-hmm. and so started in college actually is when i got my first like hunting license so i was like 19 oh that. really and then uh so i started hunting like with the license actually hunting hunting you uh, carrying a firearm yeah me carrying a firearm yeah. on that end uh at like 19 and hunted ducks i don't know how many days a year it seemed like really and uh we as just, many days as you yeah, could get it, out during the season yeah and then i was working for his dad we were both working for his dad like in construction yeah and so like if it was a rainy day and it was good or if it was supposed to be windy we didn't work and we'd go up to the duck club uh-huh. <laughs> and then they bought a couple of houses up there and we'd be working on the houses and be duck hunting yeah you know so it was like hand in hand so that got me into that and then we started uh putting in for like x zones and stuff like that got drawn for x1 one year mm-hmm. and then went up there shot a deer or a mule deer how was that uh it was a blast was that your first deer or? yeah really first deer so I your first it. yeah your first deer was in an x zone a mule deer that's awesome. Should we slide this over? Or yeah. How do you want to do this part? Just pull it. Uh, so pull literally, it. first deer was a mule deer. Yeah. Mounted it. Are we good here? Yeah. All right. So mounted it and basically felt obligated, you know, since it's your first deer to mount it. It's yeah, also right? the smallest deer I've ever shot. <laughs> and like people come into the house and go into like the game room, they're like, uh, so what's the story about that? I'm like, one, it's a mule deer, and two, it's the smallest deer I ever shot in the first one. Yeah. You know, but hey, you got to start somewhere, right? you know, and my buddies that I was with, they're like, hey, you know, if you see one, you know, you can shoot it, or if, like, we see one, you're more than happy to shoot it, because we've all shot deer, and so literally, my buddy actually spotted it. The whole thing was about you getting your first yeah, deer, that's rad, man. Yeah, and so, uh, literally spotted it, and bent down, Uh huh. about 100 yards, and bang. Is your freezer supposed to be open? Yeah, it's okay. turned off. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. No, yeah. It's like, oh, Thanks. shit. Yeah, no, so <laughs> the, it's open because I turned it off because I took the pork out of there that was frozen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't need that freezer. Should right we now. just dump some of this stuff in, or how do yeah, we... Yeah, so we'll just uh, kind of throw some dry seasoning on it, kind of mix it around, mm-hmm. and then we'll work into the non Throw it by hand, or... Nah. Oh, okay. See, when you're the sausage maker yeah and then you yeah. andy is the assistant yeah the sausage maker i'm just gets, learning gets to just go yeah. like this and yeah. you get to get all your hands sounds through. good dude i'm in and cool yeah right yeah so literally we'll just kind of mix that mix around it around yeah nothing wrong with that and that's why how i said earlier we'll just oh it smells so good right. too it's because i roasted those seasonings i know uh, seriously <laughs> Uh, well, like I said, we'll just put them in those containers after and stick them in the cooler to let the basically the flavors meld within the meat better. Yeah. So that usually happens like in 24 hours or so. So, And some people, you know, they'll mix the seasoning like on the cube sausage and then throw it through the grinder. Uh-huh. And I just haven't felt that like it I feel like wouldn't really you lose some? Much. I yeah, maybe a little, but like, I don't know. I just haven't. I've done it a few times, and I don't think it's really changing anything, so... Uh-huh. It seems to just make a more mess. Right. No, there's no advantage yeah. to it. No, not in my mind, but... So your first deer, X-Zone. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, yeah, so got that, and then I actually went straight to Reno 
from there because my uncle got inducted to the Hall of Fame at UNR. Oh, really? Yeah, for football. No shit. Yeah, so I literally left the hunt early. Were you a football player in school? I played football from third grade through senior year. Uh Uh-huh. And then I played baseball until my, well, started my senior year, I started baseball. Where'd you play baseball at? At Petaluma High. Oh, really? And then I got suspended from the baseball team for three weeks. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, because I had a little spat with the fan. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh... Really gets your fucking hands cold. Yeah. And so, from my three-week suspension, a cousin of mine and a buddy, they played rugby at LCL, and they're like, you like to hit people. Yeah. And they're like, come out and practice while you're suspended. You can't go to baseball anyway. So, uh-huh. I went started going to rugby practice, and after three weeks was up, I went to the baseball coach, and I'm like, I quit. Really? And that's the really the only thing I've ever quit in life. But, to be honest, it was probably the best move I ever did. Uh-huh. You know, and then I started playing rugby, played in college after, played for a little... Kind of a local, not local, but traveling team on the West Coast. Uh huh. We traveled all over the U.S. and played in tournaments and stuff like that. And My I, buddy Dave Blank played rugby a bunch. Yeah. And so uh, basically got into rugby and I retired from that two years Keep ago. Keep mixing that or is that good? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. All right. Uh, and then, yeah, and rugby actually opened me up to more hunting opportunities. Did it really? Yeah. Uh, so I got we go to Montana every year for a rugby tournament called Maggot Fest. Uh huh. And <laughs> in Missoula, and a lot of those guys hunt. You know, being in Missoula and Montana. Yeah. And so, you know, a couple years ago, went back there bear hunting with my bow, and then went back in the fall. Was there any rifle. success on that? Uh, yes and no. I was successful on getting to Missoula. I was successful at going out hunting. I was successful building better friendships. Uh-huh. I was successful with about three hangovers and successful at full draw on a nice bear, but I didn't have an open shot. Really? You know, with a bow, you got to make sure you have a clean so shot. So that was like a full, well rounded experience yeah. without killing. Without harvesting, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, it was a successful hunt. But it wasn't successful in the sense of harvesting. Uh-huh. But it was also unsuccessful. And one of the trips we went on, because we'd, we'd sometimes do day hunts, and then we'd also do, like, two or three-day, like, backpacking somewhere yeah. and hunt that way. And on the last backpacking one, we were going through some thick stuff. And I had my bow strapped to my backpack. And I had the Rage uh, Quiver. Uh-huh. And somewhere in between the bottom of the hill and the top of the hill. Your quiver popped The quiver off. was no longer there. Yeah. And so then I didn't even notice. That's rough. And I'm like going out to like get to a spot to glass. And I'm like, look down at my bow. And I'm like, where's my quiver? Yeah. And I'm looking around like where I'm at. Like, did I just take it off and just forgot? Like, and I'm like must have fallen off. Right. I backtracked my trace from the camp to like where I was sitting like four times because I figured it had to have fallen off there because I how would I not notice it wasn't on my bow when I started walking from my backpack to you know the spot yeah gone so that was you know pretty expensive uh, loss in arrows and broadheads and uh, glad I didn't see a bear because I would have been throwing rocks yeah yeah but I did bring extra arrows and broadheads like so you're ready to go the next day yeah well, a day and a half later when we walked out. It's so important to always bring extra equipment. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, I mean, I had extra arrows. I had extra broadheads at the house. Yeah. 
but I didn't, I didn't have it with me, obviously, but like, I, at least I was able to continue to hunt the remaining like four days I was there. I just had to carry arrow in my hand. Yeah. You know, which sucked, but better than nothing, I guess. Right. But, yeah, so Montana was fun. I like Montana. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's cool that the world of sports opened up that door for you. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, you know? my buddies are like, he sent, like, a few years, before, like, a year or two before that, he sends me a picture. He's like, oh, just got a bear with the bow. And I was like, oh, literally a week after I left from, like, the rugby tournament. And I'm like, it's bear season? He's like, <laughs> yeah, even when you were here. And I was like, why haven't you told me? You yeah. know, kind of thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, come next year. So I planned it out. And I was like, well, I want to do it archery. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, I want to get a bear with my boat. That's like on my goal list still. And mine too. It's like one of my big bucket list goals. Yeah. Is and a big so bear I was like, boat. all right. So the next year I start doing research. I'm like, oh, I need to have like an archery certificate. And then so I signed up for the class. Mm-hmm. And then it was like our, we had like a rugby playoff game that day. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go. So I didn't get it. And so passed on going hunting that year in Montana and then the next year I'm like I am going to do this and so I signed up made sure the class didn't you know overlap with something else went to the class well like a day before the class I realized there's a loophole in Montana with archery hunting and getting the little stamp right you don't actually need to have the archery certificate if you hunted archery or had an archery state. tag from somewhere else like a California archery like, only no tag. like a California general deer tag because it's archery because and rifle tag. Because it's archery and rifle. Yeah. And so I literally, I sent my deer tag information, my general deer tag in. Yeah. And I had my, my bear tag and everything before I actually took the class. Oh, really? So I didn't even need to take the class, but I went and took it. Yeah. Because I was like, I need to do this. You're doing it already. Some other state, you may need who it knows? or who knows. So it's like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So I did that, whatever. So now I have the archery hunter safety. Yeah, and you know, good for whatever state requires it. Right. Now, which there's well, and a few. that for you, that kind of also didn't that turn into something more yeah. than just getting yeah, so, the archery certificate. Right. right. So, on your end, as you're a hunter safety instructor, yeah, I am also a hunter yeah, safety exactly. instructor. So, I'm actually capable to archer also teach the archery hunter safety classes of course which i'm uh, not the, right which you're not every time i've tried to go get that certificate it's always been like yeah so far to travel so to we get need it. to basically figure that out get yeah. a couple people and then do a teach test. the class yeah, yeah. Well, that, i've never taught the class but i'm sure we could figure a way through it oh yeah and i'd be more comfortable doing that with like people that hunt and stuff like that and not just the newbie getting into it side of things yeah you know just because well we I can start doing that. that down at west coast right. archery i mean yeah i talked Hans to Hans and Adrian, said they're more than happy to like Give, yeah, give us. us a Sunday to yeah. go down there, unlock the building, and right. have an archery class yeah. come on in. And right. And it would be good all around, one for the people around here, and then also West Coast Archery. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on that end. So, yeah, that's uh, how I got into Montana bear hunting. Nice. And then, how I said, bears with my bow is on my bucket list. This last year, my buddy Dom and I were hunting up in Northern California, mm-hmm. and we spotted this bear during deer season but i'm adamant you know it's archery season now yeah i was adamant and i told him i'm like hey if i get an opportunity i'm gonna whack one you i'm know? taking it yeah yeah and yeah sure whatever so we're up there spot this spot this bear spot like another bear spot a couple other bears there's a lot of bears <laughs> and then I'm like if i could get to that spot 
down like in this basin it would be perfect if I just hid in these kind of bushes the bears are just walking right by there I'm like okay well I'll do that this evening yeah we go up to the top of the hill look down there's a dude standing in the spot no and I was like public know? land oh, problems right yeah and I'm like God, you know just kicking myself I'm like whatever and when we're sitting there spot a bear coming right in yeah. to the guy and yeah. we're like so we're just watching you know and the guy has no clue he's like sitting there I know you can't see but like yeah. he's like sitting there like kind of looking like the other way and it's like coming behind him it's only like 40 yards Yeah, and it's literally you know a creek bed but all these bushes willow kind of things sticking out of it and he can't see it and like I'm up there jumping up and down trying to get his attention you know from like 900 yards away to he ain't like, gonna see that you know and uh <laughs> yeah he didn't and uh so he doesn't see it and the bear starts walking up the hill towards like us yeah. and I'm like well he doesn't see it I'm going to try and cut it off Yeah. so I start going down the hill trying to cut it off my buddies you know talking in my ear and I don't see it like he's like I lost it but it should be right about where you're at vicinity wise don't see it I'm like well I'm going to keep going over to like the next finger go over there and he's like yeah the guy's like headed up the hill he must have seen it too you know I'm like okay so I just kind of like relaxed he's like holy shit get to where you first saw that bear because there's another one down there no way and the guy doesn't see it so I'm literally like running across like rock shale and different stuff trying to get down there yeah and then he's like oh never mind the guy sees it he's going down there you're not going to cut him off he's all just sit right where you're at and you'll be perfect yeah and I'm like all right so I'm sitting there, and I see the guy at this point, you know, and he's at full draw. He, I don't see the bear. He doesn't see the bear, but he know we know it's, like, somewhere there. Yeah. And he, like, sees me. You know, I'm maybe, like, 100 yards from him at this point. And I'm sitting there, and I see, like, I'm kind of in, like, a V of a hill. Mm-hmm. And so I got bushes coming out the both left and right. And I see this deer kick out to the right. And I'm like, well, probably the bear's coming up behind it. Yeah. Why would the deer kick out? I don't know. Yeah. So I range over there. It was like 40 yards. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So Are you using a single pin or a fixed? I'm using uh, fixed pins at this which, point. Which fixed? Uh, spot hog, seven pin. Um, I forget which. What your ranges were? Oh, yeah. I had 20 through 80. Yeah. On that end. Uh, but really 20 to like 70. Uh, so I'm like, okay, good. Knock an arrow sitting there nothing and then I see the guy like below me like waving like this and he's saying something and I'm like I think he's pissed off at me you know and I can't hear like I have hearing problems in general and like I go to my buddy I'm like what did he say yeah. <laughs> you know and my buddy's 900 yards up the hill and he's like hear it. bear's coming right at you <laughs> oh really <laughs> literally 30 yards in front of me the bear comes out of the brush Hangs a left and is going up the brush line, maybe 20 yards. I'm at full draw, like on my knees, and I'm watching it, you know, waiting for like the full, like broadside shot. And Never I let it walk it. right by. Never got I it. I had it at 20 yards. Uh, and like, it kind of like the way the hill was, I could just see like the tip of the back, you know, when it was full broadside. And I was like, all I had to do was stand up. Yeah. Like, literally, I was on my knees. All I had to do was stand up to have a clear shot. And I just, like, I was in such awe that it was, like, there and happening. Yeah. 
and I just literally watched it walk by, and my buddy just started chewing me out on the, on the in my earpiece, yeah. you know, and I was like, yeah, didn't have a shot, whatever, blah blah blah. Needless to say, I still haven't heard the end of it, and I'm, you know, I own the story. Right. So literally, we go back to camp, and it was my buddy Dom and I and a couple other guys that go to the same spot every year. But they, I've gone with them a couple times, and this year, this past year, he invited like me, and I said I hunt with my buddy Dom. You know, where he's like, nope, bring him. I've met him before, and also like any friend of yours is a good dude, so you know, you can bring him. It's fine. But like, you don't bring people when you're a guest somewhere. But yeah. I got the A, okay, you know, whatever. So we went up there. We're at camp, and there's Dom and I and, like, three other dudes that are camped there. Big spread, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, this guy comes in, like, because they've been hunting there for years, you know, since, like, the 70s. Yeah. They know everyone. The guy, this guy comes in, starts talking, and the guy's telling the story to, like, Jimmy. Yeah. And he's telling the story from the other side. Right. <laughs> that guy was the dude that was sitting there with the bear that had no clue the bear was there and he was yelling at me. Needless to say, it's my dad's good buddy who's passed away. He's a kid. Really? Yeah. Super small world. Yeah. Super small. It's funny how that happens in the hunting world. I remember one time I was hunting on the uh, west slope of the Sierras. Yeah. And I'm way out on this trail, dude. I'm like six, seven miles back. And... I'm walking by this log, and then this guy pops his head up. I go sit down and talk with him, you know, because yeah. I don't fight with guys on the mountain. I just like to sit down and talk. And, right. All right, cool, and I'll just mosey on and keep going. And this guy starts telling me how he's hunted this log for 30 or 40 years. Starts telling me a story. And it ends up that the story he's telling me about was a story about my grandfather and he had met my grandfather in the exact same place (laughs) on the mountain so it's just it is it's such a small world when you're Mm -hmm. out hunting you know the hunting community is from the outside when you look at like cabela's and all these magazines and you know how widespread america is and then you actually get into it and you start finding out that it's like super super (laughs) super small I don't know. No. But that's awesome. So what was yeah. that like? How'd you find that out? Uh, that the guy was... Yeah. Well, I know... Like, I knew his dad. Like, my okay. dad and his dad were, like, best friends. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, Gordy. <laughs> and I'm like... Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I've heard of you before. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it was kind of a trip. And, like, you know, I talked to my dad, like, a couple of days later. He's like, oh, it's so funny. You know, this and yeah. that. You know, it was... It was interesting, you know, right. being out there. Because it's like, I'm thinking the guy's, like, yelling at me, like, because I'm, you know, cut him off or whatever, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, next thing you know, it's like, and I'm sitting there pissed off at him because he's in the spot that I planned on going to that <laughs> evening, you know. And yeah. it's like, huh, we kind of know each other. How funny, man. You know. So you've been hunting California for quite some time. Yeah, since, like, 19. Yeah. So, so it's, like, 15 that, years? Yeah, I'm not good at math. Right. Uh, How old are you? 37. 37, so a little bit more than 15 years. Is that 18? 18. 18 years. Yeah, no, so, yeah, no, I love it. And then I got into archery probably early 20s and got a bow, you know, asked for one for Christmas, got one, I think, from Cabela's or something. You know, it wasn't probably set up right or anything. You get into it, too, and especially I feel like further back when you're getting into it, when any of us were yeah. getting into it, because that's where I got a lot of my 
first archery products. Yep. It was either at the Bow Rack in the East Bay, mm -hmm. or uh, when I'd go into Reno and go to Cabela's. Right. Right. right? And at, also at that same time, like, what was our information sources? Right. It, there wasn't. Yeah. You know, information unless you were forums like seriously, on the internet. <laughs> unless you were seriously involved in forums and right. known in forums, right. you weren't going to get fucking help from anybody. Right. Yeah. You know, unless I you were like in the core circle. The forum that I remember that I kind of followed a little bit was like Jesse's Honey. Mm -hmm. On that end, I was on that thing all. Yeah. That's the like the only time. one that I ever like looked at. Everybody was that. always like, so, yeah, so job. I, I got into bow hunting and literally I shot a turkey with my bow and watched the turkey run away with my arrow and i was turkeys so, are indestructible yeah, dude. i was so devastated i yeah. put my boat out i didn't shoot it for like years mm -hmm. and then different buddy brian we kind of got into it we're like yeah we should bow hunt and so we went down to west coast and like got a bow i got like a mission ballistic i think mm -hmm. and i told hans i was like i don't want to buy a super expensive bow like i'm i was in this in my early 20s and like i don't I know i want to see I, if i can right, actually do this i'm all because if i want to if I enjoy it, I'll be back next year and buy a top of line bow. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's nothing wrong with my Mission Ballistic. That thing, you know, shot great for me. Yeah, are you still using that same bow, or have you upgraded? No, I've upgraded twice. Uh, <laughs> I love it. So, uh, so I got that literally that year. Shot a deer, and I was like, <laughs> hooked. Uh -huh. And so, literally next year, got a Halon 32, and then last year, last year, the year before, got a Vertex. Mm -hmm. On that end, so now I've just been shooting my vertex, and vertex is a badass bow. Yeah. I and I didn't think there'd be literally like my thirty-two shot great for me, yeah. And like I didn't see how the next year anything could change, and I literally shot that bow. And Hans even said he's all, "If you shoot this, you're gonna buy it." And I walked in there and I <laughs> shot it. And I was like, "Okay, just uh, set all it right, up. Just let set, me know what I owe you. Yeah, set it up. <laughs> Thanks, you know, Hans. It sucked, you know, the <laughs> yeah. wallet, but like, yeah. my all well, my buddies like, literally, you just got a bow last year, and I was like." And the year before. And I was like, yeah, well, well, whatever. I probably won't buy one for a while because, I don't know, unless it shoots itself for me, like, I don't see how it can get better. Yeah. Well, and, I, and I'm going to slide this in early. That brings me to the most magnificent question on the planet, right? Yeah. Because you said you're probably not going to be buying another bow anytime soon. Probably. And, Keyword. And I know, right? <laughs> you know, running with the most magnificent question being the dead eye question, right? Right. You're about to be a dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Life's about to change. Yeah. Just a bit. I'm pretty excited. We're not finding out the sex of You're it. You're not going to do a reveal party? No. Or reveal on the day it comes out? That will Dude, be the reveal. Give me some love on that. On that. That's uh, yeah. so cool. My wife, uh, she's in that as well. We yeah. already picked out the names. Really? But we're just not telling anyone. What the names might be? Yeah. What might the names be? I'm no, just names. kidding. <laughs> just names. Kidding. Uh, boy names and girl names. In yeah. a mix uh, somewhere. Last yeah. name of Powers. Yeah, right. Uh, no, yeah, so that's all done now. We're just kind of setting it up. Uh, downside to having this kid, and hopefully every turn everything turns out good i mean we've done all the tests those have all come back good you know so hopefully yeah. everything remains good and you know we have a healthy baby on that end it's due in the end of september really yeah so how's that feel uh you know i'm still stoked so i can't complain there but like i told her i'm like we will not have a, well first i said we will not have a kid during deer season mm -hmm. so that that's not the window happen. And when we got married, I actually said we will not get married during hunting season. 
And she's like, so we're never getting married. And I was like, no, we're getting married. She's like, you hunt year round. And I was like, no, I meant like deer season. We're not getting married during from the like, important season. From like July, yeah, like second week of July to like end of October kind of thing. <laughs> so we actually got married like July sixth. Oh, how like before our yeah. season, right before A zone opens. Right. Yeah, yeah. That dog is the white dog's deaf. Really? So yeah, it just such a pretty dog. It's so soft too. Yeah, and part blind. Uh, you can tell. But super intelligent. Uh huh. The brown dog. Relatively intelligent too. A lot of uh, has a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. A lot of energy, and has. Sierra, no. And has two uh, new ACLs. Really? Probably another reason why I won't be buying it anytime soon. Yeah. Since it happened in the last like year and a half. <laughs> really? Yeah. That'll do it right there. Yeah, it's uh, like ten grand out the door. Yeah. But. Best dogs in the world. Right? Yeah. Right? That white dog's just beautiful. Yeah. No, everyone likes the dog. And they're both like eight years old. Really? Yeah, they're not puppies. Yeah. Yeah. And they love the outdoors. Uh Uh-huh. We were just actually in Reno. We snowshoed for a few miles. I saw that. Yeah, the white dog like just loves the snow, rolls around in it, buries its head in the snow. Mm -hmm. Brown dog is just brown dog and runs around and has a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so we were up there snowshoeing. Uh, actually, letting your parents know that Lee was pregnant. Yeah, because this them. all just came out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I swear you just told me like two yeah. days ago. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then I fly fished the trucky for like two and a half days. Uh huh. Literally just getting exercise. Did you have any luck out there in the fish? Uh, no. No. I'm not a good fly fisherman. Yeah. But I try. I got into that a couple of years ago, but I'm enjoying it. I, I, I feel just, like maybe it's still a little bit early too, though, isn't it? They say everything I read online and people I talk to right now is like when you're catching the big ones. Oh, really? Like you get the trophy-sized trout. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. And I know, the Truckee I know River, up in the Sierra Lakes, like yeah. right when the ice breaks yeah. is when you're going to catch the biggest fish, which probably still isn't. Oh, I don't know, actually, because the... Well, we're just it's, getting it's snow probably, now. It's uh, probably frozen over right now because we went up yeah. 50 and... I go backpacking it up there off 50 all the time and you couldn't make it 20 feet off 80 or off 50 onto like the side roads. Oh really? At least where I go. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. So I'm sure they're. Yeah. Cause once know, that ice just, breaks, the Browns just go right. bananas dude. And you yeah. can catch like, I, man, I've seen buddies yeah. of mine catching 14, 15 pound Browns yeah. all day long. No. Yeah. So like I said, I got into fly fishing a couple years ago and <clears throat> still learning. I've caught some, Caught some trout on it up in the Sierras, you know, float yeah. tubing and up in Shasta, and then caught a couple bass on it and some bluegill out in West Berlin because mm-hmm. I got tired of throwing the spinning rod and catching bass. So I'm like, I'm just going to, if I want to learn how to fly fish, I need to fly fish. So I stopped with that and just started fly fishing for bass. Have you ever tied any of your own flies? No. I used to tie flies. Yeah. It's like when I was like... A couple of my buddies are like, you should tie your own flies. And like some of my buddies in Montana, a few of them are guides and stuff like that. And they all tie. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, that, I just don't need another hobby that costs uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it fun when I did it. Yeah. I mean, I lost my passion for it as I got into my teenage right. years I and became a, f- a rambunctious teenager. Yeah, but I have a feeling that's what I do with flies. I get into it and then I'd just be like, eh. It'd be yeah. like reloading. Right, yeah. right. Like which I, I need to start doing because I got a couple oh, guns dude, that I can't buy ammo. For. If you need to reload anything, just yeah. come to my house. Yeah, I 
I can set you up on almost any yeah. caliber across yeah. the board. I have all, all the oh, dice for the ones that I need reloading. Oh, okay. Well, I have powder. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's and just, all of the powder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have One of my clients reloads for me for some things mm-hmm. on that end, but they, I picked up a new to me, like 1941 32 special. Yeah. Uh, on that end, that I can't buy ammo for. At well, all. I can, but I can't buy. Special. You know what? I might have some of that laying around that's old government issued. Yeah, but I can't buy non lead. Yeah. Oh. That's a problem in California, so I can't hunt with it in California. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's my problem. I haven't taken I, my 32 I have 32 out special ammo. Yeah. But I don't have non lead 32 special ammo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that one bill that was coming out that was going to make the entire state, even for recreational mm-hmm. shooting, non-lead, I think, don't quote me, but I yeah. think that got shut down. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting the next few years right? of what happens around here in, it, in hunting. It will be. I don't think... I don't... I think that we have a lot of good things to look forward to yeah. for hunting in California. Um, I think that we are going to have roadblocks, of course. We're always going to have roadblocks. We live in, in one of the most progressive states, or, right. you know, if not yeah. the compared to, you know, mm. with, except for uh, New York and maybe Illinois or something mm. like that, but the most progressive state in the nation. <clears throat> so we're always going to have our battles, but I just don't think that the money is there to ever constitute completely eliminating hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the government relies too heavily upon outdoorsmen right. unless they figure out a full new tax system right. on how to uh, allocate funds for that branch. Right. You what I, I mean? wish on the license side of things, like I bought a lifetime hunting license many years ago. Wish I would have bought my lifetime fishing license at the same time. Mm-hmm. But my dad was buying my license for me at the time and I was like, well, I don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I should have. Mm-hmm. But what I wish they did with like your fishing license is made it concurrent with the hunting license you know july 1 to june 30th yeah it's on, weird how uh, the fishing license expires jan right yeah january and, 1st december and 31st. the hunting license right. expires in june yeah. so like always a fuck I show would, dude wish they would do it so it's concurrent or two do it like other states where the day you buy it is the day it's good is the day it's good till the next year the day before like i literally just bought my nevada fishing license it was good or it's good from like march 23rd to march 22nd 2021 yeah you know it's like i don't have to buy another it's like it's good for a year right literally yeah on on that but that's what i that's my gripe about california's fishing license (laughs) yeah it is what it is yeah Everyone's there. At least money. they're not making us buy bass stamps, striped bass stamps anymore. Right. Yeah. That was funny when they were doing that. No, yeah, it's a, you know, nitpick here and there, but do it for a reason, I guess. Yeah, well, I think our Fish and Game Commission is a little bit more in touch with hunters. Mm-hmm. They might not be like hardcore, diehard right. hunters like majority of us mm-hmm. are, but I feel like we're kind of at a tipping point where it's going to go go back in our favor a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be, there's a lot more realities that are being spread and truths that are being spread, you know, whether it be, you know, through Meat Eater or through right. Joe Rogan or, you know, all these different new outdoor magazines that are coming out and right. trying to cross that I threshold. I also think it's, gonna, it's a benefit that 
a lot more people are thinking sustainability side mm-hmm. and not wanting to go to the grocery store and buy a piece of meat through the glass. Yeah. They want to basically go out there and get They want to understand about it. Right. You know? And so I think that's also benefiting mm-hmm. uh, one California and one the world of hunting in, in general that they want more sustainability like you know kind of like farm's table. Yeah. Well, on that end. well like for for some people like I got a couple buddies they went down to Bitterwater Outfitters mm-hmm. and they went down and, and they got I think two buffalo, right? You know, or two bison, you know, and, and it cost well, I don't know what it was yeah. four thousand or five thousand a piece or something like that. Mm-hmm. But how many hundreds of pounds of meat right. were they looking at splitting between the three or four of them right. and their families? Mm-hmm. You know, and and how they got into hunting and where their whole kickstart was, they didn't want to buy meat from a grocery store anymore. Mm-hmm. They wanted to go to their freezer and look at the cuts and know where the cut came from and know the animal. And have that—I don't want to say emotional connection, right—but have that connection with their, with their meat, you know. Yeah, we don't literally buy that much meat from the store anymore. It's just from things I harvest or barter with friends, you know, yeah. like hey, I'll trade you this for that, or hey, take this, you know, kind of thing. My dad fishes all the time. Right. You know, and so he always gives us fish. Have you ever done poke polling out here on the uh, coast? Along, like in high school. Yeah. For like eel. Yeah, monkey face. Yeah. Badass, dude. <laughs> yeah, Stuff like was in so high much fun. In high school, I swear, like I fished all the time. And I'd go crabbing like off the spud point like pier. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't do that anymore. Like I used to take a class, like an EMT class or something in college and it was in Hillsburg every Wednesday mm-hmm. and literally my buddy Brian and I we literally fished the Russian River for steelhead and then we'd go to class oh, and really? like we fished all the time and now I don't fish as much but I'm fishing more now than I used to just because I'm starting to get back into it and enjoy it more mm-hmm. you know I just kind of wore myself out I guess yeah we'll have to go poke polling sometime man yeah. there's like I think one of the most scary fishing or hunting experiences in my life you know was out at you know a God, what was it, like a uh, minus seven or something like that, you know? Um, it wasn't a, a huge, wave. it wasn't a huge minus, but yeah. it, you know, it was, tide was low and I was out there, you know, way out in the tide pools and the rocks and a wave came in and all of a sudden I was up to my knees and I was just, you know, and I'd standing on the tops right. of two different rocks with my poke pole. Well, here comes another wave. Well, now I'm up to my waist here comes another wave. I'm holding my arms up and I'm chest deep like, yeah. and I can't move because I don't know, you know, if I step right. one way or the other, I'm falling in two feet or three feet mm-hmm. or a foot, you know, and you're just like sitting there and the waves are rushing around you and the water's pulling back out, hoping your boots don't slip. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Open ocean, man. Yeah. I mean, that's not even open ocean. That's no, just, right. Yeah. That's just right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, my uh, one ocean story that I like scared the crap out of me like almost literally uh i used to abalone dive abalone dive yeah and i'm like terrified of sharks Mm -hmm. terrified when i was like 15 i went out to stinson and like sitting on a surfboard first time ever Mm -hmm. you know didn't know what the hell i was doing and sitting there and i see a shark fin like not too far (laughs) away and i'm like "Ah!" swam all the way in right get on the shore there's sharks there's signs all over the place like, beware a shark. Next day, a dude gets munched. I was afraid of the ocean for years. Yeah. And so I started, like, abalone 
and I was rock picking, you know, comfortable. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting beat up by waves and stuff yeah. like that. I'm going to go back in. Right. And so finally, I slowly worked my way into diving. And I was diving with a buddy and underneath the water and literally a freaking seal like came right in like my mask. Oh, really? And I was like, that like kind of scared me a little bit. I laugh at it now. It'll rattle you. Yeah. No, I was, All you know, I'm already afraid of sharks and this yeah. freaking gray thing is like right in my face. Yeah. You know, and I'm like. Take you a second to compute. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I almost left some extra, you know, sludge in my wetsuit. I bet. But I didn't. Always good to pee in your wetsuit. Oh, yeah. Dude, standard. I'd pee in it before I'd even get to the water. Yeah. You just know, just to, to warm it up. Yeah. Got, you know. <laughs> got to get that temp up. Yeah, I'm Pacific, yeah. Pacific Ocean's and not, that, uh, not my that most, warm like, over here. Terrifying experience in the woods hunting was every year, typically, we go for like a 10-day backpacking trip in the Trinity Alps for deer. And I'll go by myself a few times. You know, like for a couple of days, and then a buddy will show up. And I was back there, and I told him I wanted to shoot a bear. You know, this was a long time ago. Want to shoot a bear? Want to shoot a bear? So I'm back there, and we, you know, hunting by yourself, you, 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 at least me, I'm a little more cautious than when I have someone else there mm-hmm. on that. And so I don't hunt as hard, but I still hunt. And I was, had a whole bunch of water containers, and so I was. We have a PVC pipe stuck in a natural spring rack there, so we don't purify water. Uh-huh. And so I'm sitting there on this log in, in this little trail and just filling up the water and looking at it. Oh, too much particulate. I'd pour it out. Mm-hmm. And then I hear a snap of a branch. Oh. And there's no one back where we go. Like, yeah. We see maybe one person every year. And I look up in like 16 yards in this like one foot wide trail is a bear just staring at me ready to go yeah and i'm like oh shit like what do i do he's like hey buddy are you my next dinner right and i'm like (laughs) in my mind i'm like it seemed like forever but it's probably like 30 seconds and i'm like staring at it you know 16 yards i ranged it after the fact and i'm like i have a gun i have a bear tag huh i better shoot this thing in the face Mm-hmm. make it die because if it doesn't and it comes at me I'm not getting a second shot off yeah. so I'm like literally staring at it and I reach back behind me behind the log was my rifle and I grab it and I pull up and put the crosshairs like literally right between its eyeballs and I pull the trigger and the bear turns off and runs and I'm like huh how'd that happen oh, I must have gave him a mohawk like yeah. a reverse mohawk yeah I literally probably had to shoot right over his head just crazy yeah at 16 yards <laughs> like yeah, it was ridiculous. So that was my like nerve-wracking story. In the back was like, oh, all by yourself, do do do. Crack of a branch, you look up. There's a bear like staring at you in a one-foot-wide trail. Yeah. Like, uh, well, that's kind of like what's his name was was telling this story about shooting that mountain lion in the head with his arrow. He just heard a branch snap. Yeah. And that's all it took, you know, like right. for your situation. If it, if the branch wouldn't have snapped, he could have walked straight up to me because I wasn't paying attention and all I was hearing was water going in the yeah. container. Ugh. You know, so lucky the branch snapped, I guess. Maybe he snapped the branch on purpose to get my attention. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably not, but. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you never know. And it's just crazy how quiet those things can be. Yeah. Like, literally, I can't walk through where it walked and not, not make a noise mm-hmm. to where it got to. And then it's like, how do you get to there without me even hearing you before then? Right. But it was a blast. I love Trinity. Yeah. 
I've never hunted out there. Oh, yeah, it's a blast. Everybody that I know goes out there and just yeah. raves about how beautiful the country oh, is, the whole deal. Yeah, we, my kind of X3 guys, or X1 guys, the first year, we decided that we wanted to, like, go backpacking, mm -hmm. you know, hunting. The one guy, he's like, he, I don't know what the guy is, the guy's super, like, lucky intelligent he does his research and is always successful out of state wherever super successful and uh he literally picked this place on a map and we're like okay letting the dogs in the house yeah. maybe that dog's like oh you're good Yeah, I'll take that. I got it. We're good. Brief break from the deaf dog. <laughs> yeah, so he picks the spot on the map, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's flat. <laughs> right, it's flat. And Brian and I are like, have you ever been to Trinity? There's nothing flat about it. He's no. like, well, it's, you know, it takes this ridge. It's like flat. And we're like... Do, do, do you know how to read a topo map? Like, yeah, the ridge is kind of flat. Yeah. But everything is super steep because those lines are close, you know? Yeah. And whatever, we go. <clears throat> and I was, like, probably in the best shape of my life and <clears throat> started going hiking. I don't know how many times we had to stop for him, like, sit and wait. And I, <clears throat> I finally said, I'm going to walk for a ways, and then I'll just wait for you. I run into these two guys. <clears throat> And they're like, they were probably, I don't know, 50s. We were early 20s. Mm -hmm. They're like, what, what are you doing back here? You know, and I'm like, Hun honey? They're like, have you ever been here before? No. Well, how'd you find this? Uh, buddy picked it out on a map. He's like, well, we've been hunting here for, you know, since like the 60s. <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> like, and You're I'm, in our spot. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know. And he's like kind of looking at me and I'm kind of explaining the situation out and he's like do you know like where water is or like where are you going and I'm like oh, we're going to this you know spring mm -hmm. and he's like he's like well you know you can't always find it because you know we've been coming back here for years and we don't find it every year yeah which in my mind I was like if you find it once, you should be able to find it again. But, you know, I was like, yeah, okay. Whatever. Yeah. And they're like, but where you can find water is down here in this spot. They're like, literally go down this saddle and hang a right and literally just walk straight down for 20 minutes. You'll find as much water as you can need. And that's where we have our PVC pipe now. Oh, really? And so whatever. So for anybody that maybe finds a PVC pipe in a spring. In the Trinity Alps. And in the Trinity Alps. Yeah. You're the producer of this P PVC. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Maybe for that and, one. And uh, so, you know, the other guys catch up, and I think they felt sorry for us at that point. Mm -hmm. So that's when they told us where the water was. And so we go down there, and my buddy's brother-in-law is like, has anyone seen my boots? Oh, no. He strapped him to his backpack. And he lost and, them. Right. And we're like, uh, they were on your backpack? I'm like, my guess would be if you traced our tracks back, you'll run into them. Somewhere. Right? He comes back pretty quick. 
And he's like, oh, I found him. He's all, it was weird. They were literally both facing straight downhill at basically the saddle. He's like, they must have fallen off perfectly. And I'm like, I think those dudes picked them up and put them there, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And so we were mighty su- kind of them. Right. So we were successful the first year. We've been relatively successful every year back there. And we've ran into those old guys multiple years. Really? And so now we kind of like became friends with them. And they're know. just backpacking out there. Yeah. They're, well, they're hunting. Cool. They're hunting. Yeah, honey, yeah like, but like they're going out. Yeah. And needless to say, we searched for that spring, found it, marked it on the GPS, and we don't even need the GPS to find it now. Those guys blatantly lied to my face saying they don't find it every year. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's literally like a foot wide by like two inches deep. Oh, wow. So it's it's definitely hard to find if you didn't know where it was. Right. But, yeah, it's... Trinity Alps is a blast. Beautiful I'd place. It. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll take you if we ever go to the Trinity Alps. Maybe. If I ever have the time to go there, it's so hard. No, yeah. No, totally. That's like one of the most difficult things you know like right now i'm already looking at like you know where my bookings are from Mm -hmm. for my own personal hunts hopefully if i get drawn for the tags i put in for and then for the people that are going on guided hunts and paid hunts and where those are going to be at you know and i'm just like (laughs) no it's uh, you know like i kind of told you i wanted to like hunt the sierras and like kind of did some scouting last year went up last year into a spot and the reason I want to do the Sierras is just because where we go in Trinity, it's like five hours drive and then, yeah. you know, six miles in, yeah. where Sierras. Four hours. Yeah. Give or to, take. Right. You know, to, depending on traffic on Friday. Right, yeah. To not a super long walk, per se. Yeah. Well, yeah, plus depending. mostly in the Sierras. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. Good. Oh, piggy. Working on the piggy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I feel like on most of the west slope, maybe not so much for the east slope, but I'm sure on the east slope as well, but for most of the west slope of the Sierras is accessible by a lot of roads, right, except yeah. for, like, designated wilderness mm. areas. Right, yeah. You no, know? totally. So, I, you know, it's just I think I'll probably try that out this year more. Sorry, plan. We're not going to B-Zone yeah. archery. We're just going to do the Sierras archery. Oh, cool. On that end. Dude, there's monster bucks out there. Yeah. Well, and anybody who says there isn't is lying. Yeah, so there's... The D zones, the C zones, it's yeah. all packed, dude. So I have a buddy that I know has, like, a place up there, and he's like, oh, yeah, we used to hunt. And he's showing me old photos of deer. Obviously, times change and stuff like that. And then I've been in, like, an old Forest Service cabin that someone owns back there kind of thing, or leases. Yeah. It's seen, like, the mounts in there, and I was like... Yeah, they're I'm, here. I'm hunting like here. The yeah. genetics are here. They may not be as many as there used to be, but or here. I mean, I would almost say that there maybe there's not as many as right. they used to be because of bears and mountain lions and whatnot. But I still think that there's plenty of big bucks out there right. that never oh, yeah. have been seen by a human being once, yeah. or a trail camera. Mm-hmm. And there's trail cameras everywhere out right. there because yeah. there's so much water. There's so many valleys. There's so many different. Mm-hmm. You know, ups and downs and all arounds, you know, from the top of the D's all the way down. Right. You know, and and how many people are really putting in the effort and the energy right. yeah. and finding them. I mean, I right. know, like, last year I saw some monstrosity of a non-typical buck come out of a D zone, and I'm like, holy, like, mm-hmm. and that buck never saw the light of the day of the internet. 
-hmm. Never once. You know, that person doesn't have social media. They don't have anything. You know, there's so many big bucks that get killed in this state every single year. You know, so many book blacktails that get killed. And I'm talking, you know, west Mm -hmm. of I-5 book blacktails that get killed. Nobody ever, you know, puts them in the book. Nobody does anything because they just don't care. They just want to kill big bucks. Right, yeah. And then leave it at that. I have friends that have, like, book bucks, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) No big deal. I don't want to go through I appreciate that so much, man. You know, and I sit there, and it's like my, as I was, when you showed up, I was on the phone with my buddy Carrie, and, like, I I go up to his place all the time, and in his cabin, he's got, like, bucks from up from Humboldt and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like, mounted on the wall, and you're like... Those bucks are in humble. What? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, wow. Crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. What's the next step? Refill yeah. this? Yeah, we're just going to throw the ground meat into that, so then we'll just stick it in the, the fridge, and then we'll also try some just to make sure it's what we want. Yeah. That ain't going anywhere. No. That's cool, man. What a bunch of great adventure. Yeah. I love the outdoors. Right. Well, the experience of everything, you know, whether you're hunting out of the country or, you know, on a guided hunt or on a DIY, you know, self-hunt, you know, like, there's so much to be learned, you know. It's kind of just remarkable, in my in my opinion. And it's, you know, it's funny because I've talked with people that I take out hunting because I forget, like, when I take new people out hunting... I forget so much stuff to teach and pass along as far as information goes just because it's so second nature that I would never be like, Hey, Oh, there's a dog there. It's like, what's pushing on me? You know, that I'd be like scraps, right? Be like, Hey, this is a teachable moment. Right. Oh yeah. I, I take a lot of things like for granted when I'm like, out hunting with people it's like I just expect them to know what I know yeah. and they probably expect me to know what they know yeah and so that's what's nice about having like the same hunting partners because you know how you work right on, on that end but it's like I go out and I'm like doo, 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 oh, there's a deer there's a deer there's yeah. a deer and then it's like people are like oh where is it it was like well you need to look like here or you need to look there that's usually where you see deer and it's like I was in Arizona in the desert in January yeah and I wasn't seeing a deer and the guy I'm with Spot deer left and right, and I'm getting freaking frustrated. But they know, right? They're He's used been to there it. for a few years. Yeah. He knows kind of what you're looking for, and I'm I'm getting frustrated. Like it took me like two days to finally spot a deer, and he's like, and I'm not showing my frustration, but I am frustrated. Mm-hmm. And he says something, and I'm like, I turn to him, I'm all, I only spot bucks. <laughs> and he's like, oh, like a good deer dog, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, seriously, I only spot bucks. You know, and that's not true. But like, yeah. that, since I wasn't seeing a deer and he hasn't spotted a buck yet. So, yeah. And literally two minutes later, boom, there's a buck. Po- there's a four pointer. Yeah. And we chased that deer around for like four days. Closest we could get was like 100 yards and just mm-hmm. never had a shot. You know, but literally the next couple of days, all I spotted was bucks. Yeah. And no does. I mean, I was spotting does after I'd spot the buck, but like, He's like, Jesus Christ, you only do spot bucks. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Y'all, for sure. That's yeah. all I do. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> so what do you think? Should we take out a little patty of this, press yeah. it up, and yeah. throw it on the stove? We'll bring this with us so yeah. we can sure. we can do it all. Um, do you want to get this or yeah. get that? Okay. Hold on a second. Boom. 
Grab the coffee. We're good to go. So when you're making wild game on the stove, when you prep your pan, is there anything specific uh, that you like to do? No, not really. I'll probably use a different pan. Uh-huh. I won't use this pan because it will stick to it. Oh, okay. More, so I'll just get out of your way here. They're actually, yeah, no, I'll use this pan. It gets hotter faster. Yeah. Like, for me, I'll usually always just throw a slab of butter in there. Yeah, well, that's why I grabbed the old butter knife. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could, if we really wanted to get fancy, we could grab lard that literally my wife rendered down yeah. from a pig Yeah. that's in the fridge. Oh, that's right. Butter. She does that a bunch. Yeah, no, she's really into the... Uh, Rendering? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Shoot pigs. Like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. She has no idea we're on a podcast. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But yeah, usually some butter or sometimes some olive oil because guy I used to play, well, two guys I used to play rugby with up in the valley. Uh-huh. They have an olive oil company called Organic Roots. Oh, really? It's like one of the top 25 olive oil companies in the world. Oh, no way. And so I trade them some meat. And uh-huh. they trade me some olive oil. That's a good way to stay fresh. Yeah. No, that's nice. So. Keep as much as possible. Olive oil. Yeah. No, it's nice. It's like one of the most important cooking things ever. How's it smell? It smells all right. I think. Yeah. I mean, it looks good. Yeah. It can be deceiving. It's funny, I always tell people wild game, it's a lot, I mean, with a sausage, you're good. With a sausage, a lot of it is obviously the, the fixings in the sausage. But right, yeah. No, wild game is so dependent upon how it's cooked. How it's cooked and really how it's maintained from like right after you get it. Yeah. And I found that like, you know, some of my friends, they chase pigs with dogs, nothing against it, but... I'm not a fan personally. Yeah. But I also think that it tastes like crap. Yeah. Because all their adrenaline's running and... Everything's running. It's just not... I don't think it tastes as well. And then how you t- take care of it from literally... Start to, to finish. From start to finish. Yeah. That plays a big factor. And I think also, too, you know, like, as you said, the way of cooking it. It's like, you've got to take the sinew off, you know, your meat. Yeah. Or else you're just going to have a chewy piece of meat. <laughs> like, and that, no one wants, wants to really eat that, you know? Yeah. And, and exactly how you cook it. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, deer before, and I'm like, ugh, man. God, that smells good. Right. Oh, I thought you were meant the deer that I had before. I'm like, really? You could smell that from years ago? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've had... Had, had it where it tastes like garbage and I've had it where it tastes great and I think I cook deer pretty well mm-hmm. and everyone likes it you know but literally it's kind of like any food you know it's like how it's prepared yeah you know I've had heart where it's nasty and, and then heart, heart where it's great. just like the best yeah yeah I love heart same as like liver although I don't eat it very often I, I'm not a, 
I mean, mushrooms, mushrooms and onions and liver, I yeah. can get down well, with right, it. Yeah, you know, but just like, like a straight liver slap. Yeah, liver, liver steaks or. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. I used to do it out of like pride. Right. You know, like, oh, I can do this. I'm, you know, I'm hunter guy. Like, yeah. pride. What I was like, early years was like pheasant honeys. And I don't know if you remember the name or not, Bob St. Clair. He used to play for the Niners Hall mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And, uh, We'd hunt with like him, and he'd be there. He ate all his meat like raw. Really? And so we'd shoot these pheasants, and he'd, he'd take the heart out and eat it. Really? And so I was have like, you ever eaten deer heart raw? No, I have. I should. Though. Every every deer that I shoot with a bow, I'll take the heart out and not into it. Take a nice chunk out of it. Nice. But uh, yeah, it's that's about as far as I go eating raw deer heart. Right, but so like literally that was my first entertainment of the raw thing, just raw pheasant hearts. Mm-hmm. And he always said you got to get it before the blood coagulates. Yeah. Because then it's a little funky. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a, uh, yeah, it's all about the way you cook it. Right. Yeah. Right seasonings, cooked the right way, not overdone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's definitely looking delicious. Yeah. Hopefully, it tastes delicious. Oh, I'm sure it will, right? Yeah. I actually cut out, as I said earlier, there's onion in it. Mm-hmm. I cut some onion out to spread them out because I made it sometimes and it's just got too much onion. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of one of those things you can add onion, you can't take it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really. Fennel will do that too oh, for Italian. Talk about fennel. I hate it. Ugh. I hate it. And some of my buddies like love it. They're like, put fennel in it. I was like, I hate it. I'm I not doing it. If you put too much in there, it's just the most overpowering, bitter funkiness yeah. ever. Yeah, no, I am not, not a fennel fan. Right. But some people like fennel. I have a couple recipes that call for fennel, and I'll put it in, but. If I'm making it for myself, mm-hmm. I'll probably leave it out. <laughs> I just don't like it. Right? It's like a black licorice. Yeah. And I just don't like it. Yeah. Black licorice, I hate. And that'll remind me of black licorice. There's a, a butcher shop where I used to get a lot of Italian sausage done. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but they started using way too much fennel. And I had to just stop. I make really good Italian sausage. Good. I mean, apparently you make quite a bit of different sausage. Yeah, I do. What did, what did, I mean, let's go through the list. Oh, hand me that book there. The binder. Ah. I see, I see. Secret recipes, clearly. (laughs) Protected right there. (laughs) Uh, So we got like prosciuttos. Mm hmm. We got. Lonzinos. I'm just going through some things here. Uh, pepperoni sticks. A couple different recipes for pepperoni sticks. Uh-huh. Uh Chorizo, which the chorizo is actually really good. And we we invented that through snow goose. Really? Because no one wants to eat those things. Because like, snow goose breast is garbage, dude. It's snow goose in general. It's, it's like all garbage. Cart. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so literally, we made this chorizo recipe. And that's what we do with all our crap ducks and snow geese. 
so that turned out well. And then like a Calabrese sausage, which is kind of spicy. Do you ever make any boil sausage with white wine? Yeah, some. Yeah. And then like have like, you know, a cranberry sausage, a southwestern sausage, which is like coriander and cumin kind of things. Mm -hmm. What's uh, in a cranberry sausage? Cranberry? Uh, like, is that something you can put like cream cheese and cranberry in it or no? I guess you could put cream cheese. I mean, there's cranberries in it. Red Would that wine. go bad though? I think if you froze it or whatever, it'd be fine. I wonder. Yeah. We're going to get people we sick by creating. We should. Cr yeah. Uh, a South African one, Borrowers. Uh huh. Uh, just regular, like Jimmy Dean's kind of breakfast sauces, just maple sausage. Yeah. Uh, you know, dry Italian sausage. I can pretty much make whatever. I've made some other ones too, I just didn't write them down. One of my claims to fame, though, uh, smoked gouda and bacon. Mm -hmm. Made that one literally. I mean, all my recipes, for the most part, unless someone gave it to me, was made from scratch. In yeah. a way, or like look at a whole bunch of different recipes and combine them. Oh, that in. Uh, and figure out what worked and what didn't work. And, but smoked gouda and bacon was literally a concoction. Was making sauces one day and buddies were like, ah, just make something up. And literally went in the fridge. I had a pound of bacon and it's like, pound of smoked gouda and threw something together. I'm very thankful I wrote that recipe down when I was putting it together. And like people love it. Really? Yeah. Like smoked gouda and bacon. Really? Yeah. Turns out hmm. really well. And then, like I said, I can make whatever. I just, those are kind of my go-to side of things. And mm -hmm. it usually works for everyone too. Like, they would like something out of it. Like, oh, just make this, make that. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of the sausages that I make are like Italian or the Calabrese. Yeah. Those are what my go-to ones are for like when people want it because that's usually what they want. They're like, oh, make that, make this. So I usually have that laying around and I'll be like, here. Ready to go. Kind of like how I had those breakfast sausages. I'm like, try this out. What one do you like better? Yeah. Or what do you want more of in something? Yeah. You know. What do you think? How are we looking? So I guess maybe while we're, I guess, you know, while everything's cooking, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, Daniel Powers. <laughs> uh, born and raised by women. Yeah. Fifth generation. No way. Yeah. You guys been out here for quite some time. Yeah. How funny. I wonder if your family knows my family at all. I'm sure they do somewhere. Somewhere. Line of things. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, president of uh, Pedal and Sunrise Rotary right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, work for Don Romassi Insurance, which is Romassi's family that I come from. Yeah. And for Pedal and side. And yeah, it's just. Love the outdoors and making concoctions with meat. Enjoying, yeah. living it. Yeah, right. No, literally, I, it's not I, just a weekend warrior thing for you. No. It's a full life experience, yeah. and it's incorporated in everything that some you do. Some people, you know, because I do have social media, and some people think I never work. Yeah, you know, but it's like I just don't post about work. Like, because you don't sorry. need to. Yeah, no, I don't. You know, and it's like I love what I do. I have fun working, but like. 
my true passion is the outdoors and being outdoors and hunting and fishing and having a good time. Got into foraging like for mushrooms the last couple of years and yeah, I just love the outdoors. Yeah, my buddy Demi does a lot of yeah, that. And he makes all kinds of, you know Demi. Yeah. He makes all kinds of really neat things with mushrooms, mushroom powder and, right, yeah. you know, kind of knocks it out of the park on a lot of that stuff. He just had a kid. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's having kids. Right. I'm not. Not <laughs> having kids. Know. That I know of. So that's like the running joke that everybody always throws at me. It's terrible. Totally terrible. So what's your bucket list hunts for this year? What are you, what are you trying to get into this year for... I mean, obviously, it's going to have to mostly be archery because, yeah, yeah. you know, after September after September 15th, you're kind of, the deal's sealed on you. If I can even make it that far. Right. Uh, bucket list hunts, probably, I don't know, my goal is to get one in the Sierras. Uh-huh. You know, probably archery. So. We'll have to talk about after this, we'll yeah. talk about maybe what tag you're getting and see if I can't help you, point you in any good direction. How's that sausage? Flavor is there. Yeah. That's really good. I think it will be. It's good. No, it's just Once I it mean, sits for 24 hours? No, right. It will be even better. But yeah, like I said. Dude, that onion was just killer call, man. Yeah. But you can overpower it with onion. I can like see what I've you mean. I've done that before. Yeah. And you're and just I stuck. Love, yeah. And it's like you can't take it out. Oh my God. This is so good. The dog's licking me. Like, hey, feed me too. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you can overpower with onion. I literally cut like half the onion out, and I don't think I'll probably I'll change my recipe for my poundage mm-hmm. to cut onion out drastically. Yeah. Are you? Do you just dice it up yourself, or do you use a uh, machine? Or? I do everything, you know, by hand. Mm-hmm. I feel you do it better. Like I kind of have a better understanding the, with, of the amounts yeah, too. Yeah, with those uh, spices, you know, that you saw. I, you know, I use the pestle and mortar. Mm-hmm. I freaking have a. I used a coffee grinder for that, and I used a ninja food processor. <laughs> <laughs> but I have in the past. Mm-hmm. I used to. I mean, not spices wise. I always use coffee grinder to grind it down. Yeah. During the full kernel. God, uh, this is so good. But for the onions and stuff, I usually hand slice it. But I think I use four onions for this, and mm-hmm. I didn't care to make it cut up four onions into super small dicing side mm-hmm. of things. If it was like one or two, I probably would have done it. Yeah. I'm not saying I couldn't couldn't have done the four onions, but man-made uh, food processor to use, so I used the food processor. Hell yeah. yeah. Getting after it. That is delicious, man. Yeah. So, for you... It was probably the box of maple syrup that made it out of New York. Right. They literally... Uh, They're like crushing it. With yeah. the maple syrup game. Yeah. They literally, you know, look it up on, like, Instagram, box of maple syrup. Mm-hmm. And it shows you them out there, you know, family farm, out there tapping the trees and going through the process. And, so. and they have some kids that hunt. Yeah. They're not just, like, maple syrup people. Right, They're yeah. outdoorsmen. Yeah, Nikki. Uh, she hunts and fishes a lot. And so, yeah, they're all about the outdoors. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, their maple syrup is one of the best. Seriously. Yeah, and they'll ship to your door. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's delicious. Shameless plug. 
Absolutely. For bo- <laughs> for, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Other than Instagram. Right? Oh, my God. This is so good. The flavor is so savory, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like... Yeah, it's 100% wild pig. Yeah. There's no added fat. Nope. There's nothing in this to go a different direction. Holy smokes. So for you, I mean, I'm sitting in your house. Yeah. You just got an order from First Light. Yeah. Wool socks. You're a big First Light guy. Yeah. Right? So for you, what's your favorite piece of First Light gear? Oh, man. All of it, almost. Although I've had some downs on a couple things. Uh, But their down jackets are pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Brooks right there that you're actually looking at. The green one? Yeah. I swear I see everybody in that all the time. It's brown, though. Uh, You're colorblind. I might might be. No, it's brown. Oh, Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, So, like (laughs) that, I really like that. I I have their uh, Chamberlain, the Super Puffy. That thing is freaking amazing. It's just big and bulky, so it's kind of one of those things. Uh, But I, my one true thing I probably love, love was their old canab pants mm-hmm. where they had the cargo pockets on the front and they don't make them anymore. Really? And I sent in a pair for warranty. And they couldn't send you a new pair back. And they back. sent me a new pair of the different brand. No. And I was like, dude, I wouldn't have sent them back. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Yeah. You know. Did you uh, call them and have it out with them? Uh, yeah, I had a discussion. But it, you know, it is what it is. They, I'm surprised they didn't find your return pair and it, send you. It was no big send deal. You stuff. I, I still have a, a green pair that I, I rock. I got too much first light stuff. Uh, but can you ever have too much? Uh, no, probably not. Yeah. I mean, that's and how then, I am with Kuyu, dude. It's yeah. just, I have and way they, too much. They just came out this past year with uh, a brush pant. Mm-hmm. And I've been rocking those a lot. How do you like them? Oh, very well. I took a pair down to Arizona. And what would you say? Are they like a heavier pant or a lighter pant? Yeah. Like, what's their weather range? Uh, I wouldn't say there's mild temperature side mm-hmm. of things. I mean, I could probably wear them in, you know, hot, you know, because you're not... It depends what you're comfortable with yeah. on that. Well, end. most of our seasons in California right. are relatively hot as balls, yeah. so that's so, why I, mean, I you ask. Could, you could wear them. I wouldn't highly recommend it. They mm-hmm. came out with a super light pant uh, that I, I have a pair of and I really like. I just actually... In that order came up their shorts. Yeah. On that end, it's basically their light pant, their guide light pant, but a short. Uh, and I got the like the stone gray, more or less, so I can wear it around town. Yeah. Whatever. I didn't necessarily get them for hunting. Uh, but their brush pant, like I said, I took to Arizona, and not one piece of cacti went through my pants. Really? Yeah. That's and then interesting. I put on a pair of like another pair of pants uh, like a merino pants from when I accidentally stepped back into a cacti and I had like a hundred burrs or whatever yeah in my, stuck in my, I was like geez yeah, I'm never wearing these shit. straight brush pants the rest of the trip yeah uh, but yeah and they have like a they have like DWR on it so you don't get wet uh-huh. per se and then uh, they're just super durable it took them pheasant hunting a few times you know you don't really get wet in the field and they're good durable I like them right on I've started to go basically all solids colors more or less so i don't i can wear them out on town too why do you is that do you think you're going more solid you'll be going solid in the field as well yeah i have solid is just such a popularity thing right now no not necessarily uh i kind of went solid on a way you know because i 
you know, hunting clothes are not cheap. You know, QU or First Light. They're, None of they're it. They're not cheap. There's, there's no like, there's no brand that I'm going to sit here and say is cheap. No, so. right. And so you, you sit there and it's like, I only hunt so many days a year and that's the only time I wear it. Well, I can get a solid color and wear those pants that are super comfortable. All more the time. More comfortable than jeans. Yeah. That I can wear downtown and I'm not wearing camo. Yeah. And, you know. Well, and it's so funny too because you look at like our wardrobes yeah. as hunters. You know, we're all and my, this is what I always call hunters. We're fashionista faggots, right? Right. And the reason why I say that is because like, never are you gonna find a group of more hardcore extreme men that want to weather themselves and not shower and be rough and rugged but we want our gloves to match our bino harness to match our socks to match our underwear to match our pants to match our jacket to match our backpack if you wear underwear you know if you have if you're not FBN you know what I mean oh shit but uh it's just so it's funny to me you know to because we totally are fashionista you look at our wardrobes and our closets and it's all hunting gear and for a long time for me with all my Cabela's gear I kept all my Cabela's gear in an action packer because I didn't want to wear through it unless it was hunting season because I was investing so much money in my early 20s in quote good hunting gear and all of a sudden I have 25, 35, 4500 dollars in just clothing that's specifically for you know a four or five month time period and I want that clothing to last me a long time Mm -hmm. well the difference is now is like they're making awesome solids and the clothes are way more durable than Mm -hmm. they used to be you know all the brands are constantly striving for innovation constantly Mm -hmm. striving for greatness in their product in order to bring better products to their customers in the sense of like you got that brown down jacket well you're not going to go buy a north face you're not going to go buy a a marmot you're not going to go buy a patagonia and you're supporting a brand that you love that's also you know dumping money back into conservation is where these other companies that we all used to probably buy our winter apparel from Mm -hmm. aren't you know so it's super it's i don't know so i would say my favorite items Mm -hmm. are their socks the down jackets Although, you know, like any down, you gotta watch where you're walking. Yeah. So you don't snag it. <laughs> the original OG cannabis with the pockets on the front of the pant leg. That they discontinued. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then literally their brush pants that they came out with. Mm-hmm. You know, and their, their shirts, you know, their Moreno shirts, which are, you know, I'm not a, a Kuyu guy, so, but I have friends that are the same Moreno. You catch it on stuff, it's gonna tear. Yeah, you know, all of it's going to tear. That's just the way it is. Yeah. It depends, you know, and I'm a hard owner, so I tear shirts, you know, mm-hmm. habits. Uh, but yeah, those, you know, socks, OG canad pants, and then probably the, the down jackets that they have. Really? That's, that's what I'd pick. I always hear that their underwear is really well made. Yeah. Their merino underwear. So, yes and no. Oh, okay. Uh, so, as I said, like, I've had some bad issues on, on some things. Uh, I had a pair of, like, I forget the name one, but they're, like, three-quarter long johns. And they, Moreno, great. But in the crotch, they have, like, a mesh thing. Huh, like, day one, like. Tore. Dude. Gone. Yeah, nothing. I, I still rock them, but, like, yeah. there's nothing there. Like, yeah. literally, it's, like, crotchless panties. Yeah. And uh, so, those, no. But they came out with a different pair that I've had for... Mm, I don't know, a year or two. A little bit better built, maybe. And they, I haven't had a blown out yeah. on them. 
and they're they're great yeah. on that. And so yeah, their their underwear is good, you know, depending, you know. Yeah. But as you know, every company they're trying to evolve, you know. Right. So they took a lot of feedback on those, and now they don't. They discontinued that, and now they have these other ones, and I don't feel the issue is still there. You know, so they listened to their customers and made it better. Can't beat that. Which is nice because you know they have like research and design team on that end and well aren't they all snowboarders too or something like that i can't remember background i can't remember but i I feel like a bunch of them were like backcountry boarders and stuff like that i'm not super familiar with their company other than what you hear on right yeah and everything i I really feel they listen to their customers Mm -hmm. that's good so yeah i'm a first line guy Right on, well, man. A lot of my friends are cool, you guys, but I'm the first line guy. Yeah. I, I stand out. Right on, man. Well, yeah. I appreciate your time. Yeah. No, we'll close you. it off there. Sounds good. You know, that the meat was delicious. Yeah. You know, and, and if people are in Sonoma County yeah. and they want to get their meat done. Yeah, you can reach out to me. How are they going to find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at DP Custom Meats. Oh, Double Penetration Custom Meats. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, on that end, or, uh, you know, reach out it's to Daniel you. Powers custom yeah, meets just yeah, so we're yeah. fucking clear or, are you sure yeah, I don't know <laughs> I don't know that's a really good question yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> uh, up for interpretation yeah, that or you know reach out to you or whatever and yeah my number yeah cool man right on well I appreciate your time All thanks right. for inviting me into your home and no you know problem. showing me the process and I really like the way that you're making meat dude it's i you know, we're going to have to, I'll try to bring yeah, we'll as much meat that. as I can over here and we'll throw our meat on the table and, yeah. you know. I, I like uh, having other people eat my meat. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, what guy doesn't, right? <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguy.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.